Hello, beautiful people. My name is Davi. I'm joined by Abe and Charlie. Welcome back to another Tony Tuesday. We just watched season two, episode one of The Sopranos, and wow. <laughs> good start. What a good start. Um, what, what stood out to me in this episode right off the bat was the filmmaking. Um, you can see that there was a, a, a shift in terms of quality. I think you can already see that they were um, looking back at what they did well in season one and perfecting that for season two. And I think it's just going to improve. Um, and man, what an intro. I loved the intro of, the, of this episode. Mm -hmm. um, the Frank kind of, Sinatra. Yeah, the, the Frank Sinatra song. Montage. Setting, the montage setting up the mood for this season. Also, it quickly, you know, showcases where each character is at at the moment. Um, specifically, Uncle Junior, um, Tony, uh, Chris. We're now seeing that he's, he got, he's he got into drugs. He's in a new job. Um, it kind of just, it was very quick, but very effective in setting the mood and the storyline and where we're at in season one, season two. Um, and Charlie specifically, I want to know what we got from this episode. What, you know, character wise, story wise stood out to you in this episode? Uh, there's so much. I think every there's a lot of different characters that, you know, we saw either we're either seeing them for the first time, like Tony's sister, or we're just seeing either their growth or like I don't even know the opposite of growth what i would say uh, regression yeah regression like christopher i think is in a weird place right now yeah. um with the new job i think he might have been one that kind of stood out to me um because i'm not 100 percent sure where his mind is at at this moment because all we saw from the previous episode was him storming out we know that he's back with adriana because we saw them at the restaurant at the end of the episode right but then, you know, they just had a fight. He smacked her across no, the face he's here. Going crazy. She smacked him. He called her a whore. <laughs> told her to go cook his dinner. And but he has like a, a job of like uh more authority than he did before because he's a boss of other people, like in an office and whatnot, even though it's like a, a facade, right? It's like a fake kind of job. But I, I don't think it's exactly where he wants to be. No. At all, and um, he's still very much running things the Christopher way, where Tony complains to him all the time. Like, for example, like Tony told him to go talk to the guys about stealing the Corvettes or the Porsches, the Porsches sorry, and uh, beating up the guy for selling the wrong stock. And he was like, basically, be, being like, Hey, you can't beat this guy up now, beat him up like the next week or the week after. And then, like, oh, if you're gonna steal any more Porsches, do it two towns over. And then bring one to me. It's a very Christopher way to handle things. He's not like direct and being like, no, don't do this. What I got from that, you're spot on. What I got from that is that the stuff that he likes to be doing, being involved with the mob, he's now doing less of it. Yeah. And like do the two most interesting things that would happen at his job, the two getting beaten up and the Porsches being stolen, Tony is pissed off about. Right. And he has to, you know what I mean? Like, you can tell he's not at all invested in this, like, emotionally <laughs> or for his own benefit or has any interest in it or anything like that. But he has to because this is what, you know, the business is requiring now. And I think he's really having a hard time feeling, like, fulfilled. Yeah. In Do you that think space. he's, like, itching for some attention from Tony or something or from, as you think that may be a factor? Yeah. I think he wants Tony to respect him, but also, like, I also don't think, you know, when someone has, I, I think it's common for people that have a job that their talents aren't being put to the best use. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're 
over and over again doing things that don't matter or whatever, like you can feel disheartened. You like you can spiral a little bit, right? Like that's that's the unfortunate thing with life. And I think this is happening for him. You combine that with the drugs, you combine that with the stress of being in the mob, the stress of everything going on around them, the indictments, whatever. Um, Tony admitting he went to therapy that I think we can touch on a little bit as well. I feel like it's kind of a recipe for his life to be all messed up and not where he imagined it would be. Yeah. No, I, he's, for me, I think the first thing that stood out as to why he's acting like this was maybe a a callback to season one and Tony revealing to them that he was going to therapy. I Mm. think that may have had an effect on him, but also the change of scenery for him definitely has changed his his mood, his environment, and what he wants to do. Right. Because it's so funny because in season one, he was always that that character that was itching for power that was always wanting to be at the top, Mm -hmm. always wanting to have some sort of control. Obviously, in this season, what I'm understanding is that he has that power, but he has it in an area that he may not want to be involved in. Mm -hmm. And let's be 1,000% real. Like, his power really isn't any power. Like it, yeah. it's it's fake power. He he's not an actual SEC licensed anything, mm-hmm. uh, control officer. Like he has to be doing a job that a he doesn't know how to do and doesn't want to do. Um, like he doesn't want to be pushing paper in an office. So to to right. him, it's almost like negative. It's almost like the opposite of power. Mm-hmm. Like he's being put in the corner to do this shitty job that nobody wants to do. Yeah. So and to also him, we saw him like someone else was taking the class. In his For, name. Yeah, clearly he's disinterested and doesn't want to. That that is the piece I'm super curious about is whether or not Tony knows that, because yeah. if shit goes down, they need somebody who actually knows what the hell's going on to. And to, Christopher doesn't know shit. And Christopher doesn't know <laughs> jack shit. Yeah, he he knows nothing. nothing. So that's the part that I'm nervous for him about because if that comes up, he's gonna, you know, he's screwed. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he is screwed. Um, obviously. Tony, the main character, the protagonist of this show, um, we're, we're introduced to him again, and he is at a very bad time in his life, I think, in terms of his headspace. Um, it feels weird, though, because that's almost not how it was introduced in yeah, the first montage. Then, but then, but I think we got that, we got a sign from it when he went to bed with Carmela, mm-hmm. and they had the camera, and she yeah. turned around to see him, and then turned right back around I can't. I, I think that was just a call to being like, yeah, their marriage is still hasn't improved mm-hmm. um, from the last time, and there's still something bad going on with him and his household. And obviously, everything that he went through in season one was a lot, right? With his mother trying to whack him, mm. Junior as well. But mentally, you can tell he's completely out of it. Yeah. Um, and I want to know, Abe, like, what specifically has stood out to Tony in this first episode, and how this can line up for the rest of the season. Um. I think there's two things for me that stuck out of why Tony is kind of feeling the way that he is. I think the first piece is clearly the stuff that happened with his mother, right? Like on one hand, I was like, he got some of this off his chest. Like he's able to like be angry at her and that's a bit of a release, right? In another vein, it's like directly conflicting with his morals that he grew up with and how he's been trying to keep a relationship with his mom. Like that's, that's sheer conflict. And also the people around him, right? Like you got Meadow going over and baby and grandma, you got his sister, whatever, all that stuff. I think that's one big thing is like the stuff with his mom doesn't feel resolved at all. And he, as he's finally getting this breakthrough with his mom, what happens? He gets out of therapy, right? He's no longer with Dr. Melfi. And this was the breakthrough she was trying to get him to make the entire time. 
So I think that is a very crucial piece of this. I think the other piece that's more topical to the narrative and the story in this episode is Pussy coming back. And Pussy coming back, I think, is making his mind swirl and go crazy. Because from the last season, what we got from Tony is that you be careful who you can trust, right? So many different people he thought he could trust that ended up biting him in the ass, right? Um, saying random things to his mom that he didn't know would come back to bite him or random things to whoever, um, all those things um, coming back to bite him. And, you know, Jimmy Altieri, the the rat piece, the the piece with the lieutenant, the cop who's a, a gambler and, a, and a, an alcoholic, all of that is like this mistrust and distrust. And then you got pussy who he thinks is like dead or like gone forever. And all of a sudden he's back and he can't make heads or tails of it. And he has to like really be thinking like, is what he's saying real? Is this legit? Am I missing anything? And I think all of that is causing the stress that we saw kind of in the beginning of season one that leads to these panic attacks and these episodes. It's elevated. It's gotten a lot worse. Yes. From what I'm understanding from this start of episode one. Mm -hmm. And man, um, his relationship with uh, Carmen, I mean, what do you got a uh, question? Do you think Pussy is being honest? It's hard to read him right now. It's really hard to read. If he if he's lying, he's doing a very good job acting. Yeah. Because yeah. you could tell what you, you know, the sh- well, the direction the show took with Jimmy was very clear. Like, even without Tony being the one to uncover it, you could tell by the way that he was talking. Like, this is the this is the rat. From Pussy's side, it's like everything he's saying, the way he's saying it seems so convincing. But it's like this man went to Puerto Rico to get specialty treatment with his back. And then he just up and disappeared while his family needed him. I get that, you know, people were thinking that he was the rat and he was scared for his life kind of thing. But it's like I can understand why Tony and other people are like, this is just like hard to freaking Mm -hmm. really believe at face value. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what do you do? Because that's someone you grown up with someone you've and clearly he loves your brother him. yeah it's yeah. literally your brother someone who you've been there he's been through everything with you right in, mm-hmm. the, in the mob so <laughs> i can't even you know fathom what tony is feeling mentally inside yeah. it, it must be super overwhelming and now so you understand as to why these attacks keep happening mm-hmm. um and now he's blacklisted <laughs> from, <laughs> from from therapists any, from therapists yeah what do you think would be uh, uh, like a What's the word, man? What would be a, a another man? I'm trying to think of the word and I can't say. It. What would be like another, another outlet? Another outlet, yes, another outlet for for Tony outside of therapy. Outside of therapy, what would? I don't really know to be honest with you. Like, I mean, he has some outlets. Like, one is is being immersed in the business. I think the points we saw him happiest and at the most peace in this episode was when he was with the guys. Like, you saw him laughing, you saw him smiling, especially when Pussy's back in the moments that he can, like, be happy and thankful for the fact that he's back. You know, that's when he seems to be at his happiest. Um, you saw in the montage he's sleeping with his mistress again or other mistress. I couldn't really tell from the angle or whatever. Um, I just feel like, you know, the outlets that he is currently using isn't getting to the root of his issues. So He's kind of putting it to the side. Yeah. And then... It comes back to bite him. It's and, bottling up. Yeah, and it explodes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to get any better for him until he's able to go to therapy 
and at the very least, like be honest and be able to talk about the things that he's feeling and dealing with, with his wife. Right. Um, but you know, as we saw in that last scene, it, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell, like, you, you know, when you see someone, you're like, yeah, you want to say something like you want to say something. You yeah. just don't say it. that was that entire scene. Do you guys like, think Carmela knows what to say or is, is just waiting for Tony to open up? Knows what to say or like knows if, that he wants something no, to say something. Sorry. In a way that Carmela is waiting for him to speak up. And do you think she'll have an answer or do you think she's still questioning what's going on? I think it depends. Like the way that Tony addresses things is usually with anger. Like, and you saw it at the, um, you saw it at the party when he was talking about his sister and everything like that. So I think if he come, he approaches that situation with Carmela in that vein, she's not going to respond. Well, clearly she's going to be like, you need therapy, blah, blah, blah. If he's able to, you know, be open and honest, which in general, I just don't think this is the Tony Soprano character. Um, and speak to Carmela openly and, and say, yeah. this is what I'm dealing with. I think it would be potentially a different response, but that is not the character that we yeah. know. Because what I've noticed from season one, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, every single time that Tony and Carmela have these very personal, personal discussions where they, where he somewhat opens up to her, it's always through anger. It's never through a yes. moment where he's just being vulnerable and just expressing his feelings. And I think every single time Tony is opening up to people and is being vulnerable it's from a very angry perspective even in therapy Mm -hmm. we saw him explode in therapy how many times that was like at his most vulnerable in the points where she was really targeting his relationship with his mom and how that has an effect on him today all of that is where he usually responded with anger and then it bubbled up into him literally as his mom is having a stroke responding with anger like almost smothering her um so yeah, that is that is how he deals with thing with things because we see that um, you know in his profession in general, like the mob, whatever. Uh, that's probably one of the only emotions that's uh, accepted. Yeah. Um, be a man. Be know? a man. Yeah. Anger, whatnot. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's where he's pigeonholed and where the only um, release valve for his emotions mm-hmm. is and all everything going on around him is just through anger yeah that's true and in this episode we were introduced to a new family dynamic um in terms of tony's sisters reuniting barbara and janice um and then understanding that tony is you know he said that his mother's dead to him um meadow livia's trying to you know inch meadow onto her side but with this new family dynamic, Charlie, what has what, what was a character that stood out to to you specifically for me is Janice. I think Janice, um, she came back for I think for money, yeah. and <laughs> but um, I want to know for you, Charlie, what stood out for from this family dynamic that and was introduced. It's, it's Janice. She's she seems like a like an irresponsible adult, basically, kind of living like a I don't know, never grew up never grew up sort of hippie-ish lifestyle uh doesn't really have a job or anything or a plan or a plan yeah Mm -hmm. and is looking to her brother for for help for financial help just like hey can i have some money um and i think that's about it to be honest i don't i don't think she's um you know she's there to to help in any way i think if anything she's just there to give tony more of a headache as we saw with her taking down the sale sign for the house mm-hmm. uh so i'm not sure what her motives are there but 
Do you think she's trying to take advantage of the situation at all? Oh yeah, because that's why so. that's why I'm getting from it. Like, yeah, could be as well. Could be because what I see is, you know, Tony has been the one of his three siblings, right? Just yeah, him three. and his two sisters, mm-hmm. who has taken care of his mom from throughout life, right? Like, got her house, whatever has been around her. The rest of the, the two sisters we haven't seen at all, and it's very clear to us that his the only um, child parent relationship is him and his mom, um, and now that they've had a falling out. Janice is feeling like, to me, it seems like she's coming in and trying to find opportunity. And there's like, how can I leverage this against Tony to get what I want? Yeah. To be able to stay in the house that, you know, Ma's house that you're trying to sell. Like, how dare you sell Ma's mm-hmm. house? Don't give a shit about Ma. Like, you literally been in Seattle for how long, right? Yeah. Even even Barbara was trying to be real with her and being like, just let Tony handle this. Like, right. Let him do it. Right. Just let him do it. And that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out about Janice is I do think her mo- there's no question to me that her motives are wrong, but I wonder if she thinks she would genuinely be helping or if she's being or if she knows deep down or not even deep down. She knows at the surface she's being like, oh, I just got to take advantage of this situation. That's true. Could you see the kind of effects of Livia onto her her daughters, like the mental effects? Did you see some signs of it, of how it has affected Tony? as well as some trauma. Do you think there was some signs of it in this episode? I do think so. I think less so. I think maybe the absence of um, a parent guiding and a mother figure potentially with Janice, more so than like the abuse and trauma stuff that we see surfacing up with Tony. And I think that's because he's been way more involved and had a much longer relationship with her, enduring more you know, bumps in that relationship and stuff like that. So I kind of see, well, we haven't really known too much about Barbara, but it seems like there's less of that with uh, Janice and Barbara. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm understanding, I don't know if it was Barbara, but I know we're getting the flashbacks in season one. So I'm trying to figure out if Barbara was the one that um, was with his dad, with all, his the dad all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe have had a different effect on her Yeah, and why she moved out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it seems like we're going to uncover more and more about this family dynamic because... It felt like um, one of the sisters wasn't really involved in, um, you know, the early flashbacks and stuff. So I wonder if we get some more revelation of what their childhood was like and why they now have ended up where they are. Yeah, that's true. And then also um, the mob is exploring different avenues in the business. They are now in the in the stock business, <laughs> from what I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you guys think this is a good idea? Do you think they have to do this? Is this, is this a good way to venture out into other avenues no no <laughs> they don't need this bro like they got money uh they want more money well, yeah like kind of greedy in a way but i, I mean yeah it's gonna get them into more trouble obviously this is how the plot line has got to go there's no way that this shit does not get them into more shit <laughs> no 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 <laughs> there's okay. no yeah, yeah, way yeah, yeah. of course but i mean i don't know if i'm a mob boss like what the hell is the point if we're not making more money? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I get it. Money, it, money, they, and power is the the motive. Yes, but they are also like venturing off into a different way of getting money, right? Mm-hmm. That they are not accustomed to. They are very Correct. much old school. This is a new school way approach. at this time. At, yeah, approach, and I think they're gonna they're gonna hit a lot of bumps on the way, like learning the hard way how this shit works. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I think it's a smart 
business move because it's a very legal front, right? Like it's a very like, okay, um, you know, you're stockbrokers, you run a brokerage firm, you, you got, you know, legit customers that you're selling to is the way that you're selling legit or the businesses you're backing legit. No, these are the points where they have to really understand, you know, what kind of shit they can get into. And that's why I'm nervous about Christopher because it seems like his role is the one that's supposed to save their asses. And clearly he's not going to be able to do that. The other problem too, is that the FBI is investigating them. They have all the names, including Christopher's, mm-hmm. and he is his name is the one on the license for the SEC compliance manager or whatever. Right, that's so true. So it's like, dude, you're not masking this well at all. Wait, do they have Christopher's? They, they do, do, right? They he do. was they on did the that. Pa- Remember, he was like super upset that they weren't mentioning yes, his name, yes, and yes. Then he finally saw it. He on did, the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finally did get that. Yeah. So like, they they know. So it's like, why would you set up somebody that's part of your crew that's being investigated? to lead this is not smart. Yeah. No. No, I, I agree. <laughs> it's not smart. I agree. So there you go. It, yeah. It's clear. It's very clear that they are very much old school and they do not know what they're doing with this approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that, you know, what I just mm-hmm. mentioned will play a factor into them getting in trouble with the SEC or with the FBI or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're running a scam, which is what essentially got Uncle Junior pinched. I can't remember exactly what the scam was and what exactly bi- kind of business they were running, but it seems like more in that avenue mm-hmm. of stuff. Of which kind of venture out into different avenues that the mob has never been part of. They're not used to being part of. That, and but... getting caught yeah, in those businesses. That, but also like something that, you know, seems legal but is illegitimate. Like yeah. that is very... A pyramid scheme, you know? Yeah, and in a, it's, it's, uh, in a way, it feels like the complete opposite of what reaction you should have right. after Junior goes to prison. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, Dr. Melfi, uh, I have a question. So her family, you remember her family being like, yo, you're gonna... This is gonna come back to bite you. Yes. Um... Was I think her family was right. Abe, do you agree? Charlie, do you agree that her family was right? That was some foreshadowing for sure. <laughs> no, her family, of course, was right. But, like, she had good intentions throughout the whole thing. But at the same time, it's like, you really can't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. I, helping someone of this, of this uh, lifestyle. And just, I, I think maybe she was trying to see if, you know, change could be made. You yeah. Know? I think that was her perspective. That's what I'm trying to understand. Is that is that maybe you know there could be change, but at the end of the day, when you're in a business like this, you can never get out. It's ride or die, basically. Yeah, it's you do she, it until death. She's clearly very committed to her work and to her patients. Um, you could see that when she was, you know, telling Tony about the patient that ended up killing herself because she couldn't, you know, see Doctor Melfi, and she was clearly upset about that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think. Um, she tried her best with Tony, but maybe there's no more that she can do for him. Abe, I think I reality kicked in for her where she noticed what she got into was not something that she should have gone into in the first place. Mm-hmm. And realizing, wow, like I had to do my therapy sessions in a freaking motel <laughs> because of this. Right. And now I think she's realizing. I got to somehow move away from this. And do you think that she will be able to move away from Tony or do you think Tony will always try to reach out back to her? Yeah, this is the part where I'm trying to understand where the story is going to go. And my, just, just by the way that 
I understood their entire first season and the work that they did. That was so crucial to the story that I feel like there's reconciliation coming in some way back. I don't see it right now. Like yeah. where we stand, I don't see it. Um, I do think that she was naive um, to go into this thinking that there would be no ramifications. I mean, obviously throughout the first season, I think we saw her get more um, doubting a little bit, right? And and being like, is this really the best idea? Um, and overall, I think she, like it, it slowly began to dawn on her, like this is, this is not going to go well. Yeah. And this is not going to end well for me. Um, and look at where we are. We are, she's, Man, so this is what I'm thinking is like, what gets her back into a mind state where she is able to do therapy sessions with Tony Soprano? And the only thing that I can really think of is if he somehow manipulates her to do it. Because her morals are very strong. She's very by the book. She is what she believes in. She does Mm -hmm. like she, you know, Correct me if you guys think I'm wrong or if, if we see her kind of bending the rules in some different ways. I think ways. she was, I think she is by the book, but I think for Tony specifically, she saw a man who I think could use therapy as as a positive thing and could see change. And I think for Tony, she was really committed into helping him. Mm-hmm. And I think as it started to develop, she was realizing she was just doing unethical practices to help him you know meeting him in the middle of the street right that moment where mm. it's just i think it started to come to her and, and she started to realize this is i don't see that as unethical i don't see those things as like as yeah, i don't like, know i don't know the rules and all this stuff but i don't know how yeah because I, I i know of situations where therapists will meet uh pay i mean i'm not saying this happens everywhere and, mm-hmm. and, and this is a common practice it's definitely yeah. not common mm-hmm. but for therapists to you know patients like i really i really need to see you like i really need to get on a call now we have phones and whatever so it's much yeah. easier for that stuff so it's quicker um but in dire situations for tony right but i think like she was so dead set on helping him because she was like Anyone can be a good person. Anyone can have a breakthrough. Everybody deserves the chance to be heard and be and work through their problems. Um, and now she's like, you know, I can't justify doing that when I have other patients dying, when I have my life threatened, my family threatened, my well-being threatened. Like that is not worth it for me. Mm. So I'm I'm in this spot now where I'm like, how does Tony come back from this? But in my mind, I'm like, there is no other therapist that's going to take him. There's nobody else that's like Dr. Melfi, unless you guys see a different way. I don't. I- the only way I see is if somehow Dr. Melfi's life is threatened or she depends on Tony for something and he has to, you know, he comes through for her and. Man, but I and think she gains her respect. But if that happens, it would have been because of a situation that Tony inadvertently or purposely caused yeah well but she'll realize that like she, well, she could can't you live she can't escape anymore. yeah yeah mm-hmm. could you say that she kind of has to be dependent on tony now yeah kind of yeah. because of everything that went down with the mob like yeah. other people know about her like now. for her safety for her safety and stuff mm. do you think she's safe i know tony said you can go back to work and go back to your office but at the end of the day i still think it's not safe for her anymore yeah, I don't know. I think one of the biggest, I mean, this isn't something that's been revealed, but we don't know if anybody 
knows who his therapist is outside of Carmela, right? Yeah, right. I, like, I don't think they know who she is. Right. right. So this is the part where I'm not sure, like, what what it is that she needs to depend on him for, other than the fact that in the snap of a finger, if Tony wanted to make her life hell or, you know, threaten he her or whatever, it. he could easily do that. Yeah. Um, that's the only, that's the piece is, like, would it be through intimidation? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And and so yeah. that's why. Uh, Lots of questions to be answered. Yeah. <laughs> but before we, we, we go, um, Charlie, I want to start with you. What do you, narrative wise, um, what are you most excited to see or interested to see progress with this story? Um, everything. <laughs> Cop out answer, but honestly, everything. Yeah. <laughs> All the dynamics, family dynamic, work dynamic, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's got to be the the Doctor Melfi relationship. Yeah. That's the that's the part for me that I I can't see how they weave this narrative where I'm currently standing, uh, except for that one piece that I laid out. I just I'm curious how that happens if that's the way that it goes, um, or if there is some sort of change of heart. I'm wondering how that's written. Um, that's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, for me is the psychology of the characters, um, specifically Tony, but also now. Uh, Tony last season revealing that, you know, he was seeing a psychiatrist and who was it? Was it Polly? Yeah. Polly said that he also saw one. So I was just wondering if, you know, David Chase is going to dive into other character, uh, other characters, psyche and their developing and their mental health and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So I want to see if that happens with other characters. I do think one of the biggest parallels that we get in that is Christopher. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if we will continue to dig deeper because I think we've already seen signs that he's not doing very well. Yeah. And I'm wondering if those that's going to be a parallel that runs of Christopher and Tony and how they're coping. See, that's going to be dope. <laughs> but, y'all, thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back for episode two on YouTube, Patreon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Four four places? Damn. (laughs) Four places now, four platforms. All over. (laughs) It's been awesome, man. We appreciate the love. Please comment your thoughts on this video. And if you're new here, please consider subscribing, welcoming, joining our community. And also, we love you guys. And see you soon for more Tony Tuesdays. Peace. Get the hell out of here.